0: Tennessee Walks. From Memphis to Bristol. From the legislature to the back roads. Barroom banter on all things Tennessee. The finest state in the Union. And now to your hosts, Luke Elliott and Duncan Ng. duncan how's it going
1: well it's going pretty well for me luke uh but it ain't going too well for my brother right about now you know he's uh over in memphis and still with the folks he's 16 and he went to church with my mama this morning and he sits up there towards the front with all the other kids which i think you and me when we went to church and we were younger we tried to sit at the back so we couldn't get in trouble but anyway he uh has this little fake earring that he wears because he thinks he's a TikTok, going to be a TikTok star because he does all this working out and such. (laughs) And my mama texted him. The rule is he can't wear that in church, of course. And mama noticed that he was wearing it this morning. And she texted him and told him to take it off twice. And he wouldn't do it. So eventually, about halfway through the service, she marches up there to the front, sits behind him on the pew right behind him, and yanks that thing off and tells him he better not wear that again. <laughs> and oh, he got mad. And mama started coughing, so she went out back and went to the bathroom to get her some water. And when she went back out to look for him, he had done left the church. And me and you both know that's something you don't do. You don't get up and leave before it's over with. And But he did. And so he's been in trouble all day. So uh, we'll have to ask our listeners to put up some prayers for him to make sure he don't get beat <laughs> too bad for misbehaving like that.
0: Yeah, that that is pretty bad there. He ran off too, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he ran off. And we all know that when you're about to get a, a licking, that's the one thing you don't do is you don't try to pad your britches with too many pairs of underwear and you don't run away.
0: yeah my dad and i were talking tonight we were talking about the time he got a call from metro nashville police in the middle of the night when i was in eighth grade and i had left the house at a unfavorable hour and (laughs) the reason why i did it was because i had seen a story on the local news a few days earlier that the metro council which is the most incompetent group of bumbling fools you'd ever meet (laughs) forgot to renew the curfew law. Apparently there was a 10 year run on it and they forgot. And so I took that opportunity to uh, go on a little escapade and the police did not appreciate my legal advice. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. They they were not too fired up about it. And I was worried for a while because they said the police officer knew the headmaster of my school, and he said, I'm going to call her. Tell her you're out here. So, you know, I was sitting there at school for a, about a month after that, just waiting for my demise, but it never happened. But the mind well, of, a, of a young boy is not always the brightest. Oh, yeah, I can definitely vouch for that.
1: Unfortunately, I don't have any stories that I could tell to all the fine folks listening. Uh, they're a little too risque for that, but uh, I definitely experienced uh, those times in my life as well.
0: I had another one that I had to deal with the other day. I was 18 years old, and I had gone down to Seaside, Florida, best place in America, but uh, there was a Little John concert out in uh, Panama City, and uh, boy, that was a lot of fun for an 18-year-old boy, Um, but anyways, I had came back that evening and I decided to have me a little bit of a little bit of gin. Uh oh. You know I used to be a gin guy. Oh yeah. I had had my gin that day and I, I kinda got to walking sideways a little bit. My legs were kinda coming out in front of me and I was just walking real real tall and uh one of the police officers down there He grabbed hold of me and he said, "What's the problem, bud?" (laughs) Wrote me a ticket, but I had to. I I recently decided to pick up one of my insurance licenses, and I had to write a letter explaining that to the state on why I had that little blemish on my record but time marches on you live and you learn
1: that's right time does march on i don't know much about little john the only johnny's i know were johnny cash johnny paycheck and johnny horton but uh i never was big on that rap stuff but (laughs) i definitely i definitely understand the predicament you were in i have had my share of likewise situations that have been brought about by some of kentucky's finest corn liquor but uh but we won't bore the folks with those stories.
0: No, no. We're really kind of getting off topic here, as we usually do. We got a pretty good story today. And it's something that our buddy Stan had sent to us this morning. And we never knew about this. And I don't think a lot of people do. Anyways. Okay. So today we're talking about Senator Tommy Burke and a guy named Byron Looper, who was a particularly ambitious young man, and Tommy Burks was a good old farmer. He was a Democrat, but a pretty moderate one, and one that had a really good reputation in the state Senate. He served for a long time, and really just kind of a hometown hero, and he is no longer with us, and that is because Byron Looper, who called himself Low Tax Looper, decided to drive to his farm one day and blow his head off may rest in peace and this was a big deal i i don't understand why we had never heard of it uh, there's really the nashville scene which is the worst publication in the state a lot of losers over there bad writers and <laughs> it'll be really funny when they go bankrupt which will happen but i'm getting off topic again They did a great story on it a couple years ago, and like I said, it was sent to us today. But this uh, Looper guy, and Duncan, we were talking before this, we've met a lot of particularly ambitious young people in politics who really don't know what they're talking about. And and we have been that at times, kind of a do-gooder Boy Scout type people that like to Pad the resumes and float around town and acting like they've got it all figured out. I don't know about you, Duncan. I don't have anything figured out, and I won't tell them about 50.
1: Well, I sure don't either, and I may be even older than that before I do, but I think anybody that's ever been involved in politics probably starts out that way, and I know you and I can both remember starting out on the campaigns and doing the door knocking when we were really really big kool-aid drinkers if you will but over time it's it's really i think something special and it's probably why we don't see a lot of folks sticking in politics for a very long time at least folks who have done it from a very early age because once that new shine wears off and they start to realize it's really not a, a boy scouts game uh, they tend to, to lose interest or do something else, but we've certainly met our share of folks that were like that, and, and some of them we still know, and they're good people. But whether it be, according to your opinion, fortunately or unfortunately, that's just not the way it works.
0: Right, and that's kind of the impression I get about this Looper guy. So it was in Putnam County, and he was the Republican, Looper was. This was kind of when the state first started to flip. In the 90s, Uh, this happened in 98, I believe. But this guy, he had gone to West Point, which God bless him for that. But he dropped out and then he was elected president of the Young Democrats of Georgia. So he just moved back to town and he got I think he got kicked out of the Young Democrats down there. And he ran against a popular incumbent of the Georgia State House representatives. So he was also an aide down there. So somebody who who probably thought he had the game figured out and he was moving back to his small town to shake things up. He said he was going to get rid of the good old boy politics, which good luck with that. Right. But uh, it was this primary and he had been down to see his friend and this is how he ultimately got caught. He went to see his buddy and he had joked about killing his opponent and the buddy kind of brushed it off. But he ended up going over there and and killing him. Well, finally, the buddy came forward and exposed it. There was actually a bit of speculation by the prosecutors that the buddy had something to do with it, and he was covering himself by turning him in. But one of the more interesting parts of this story is that he was in jail. He was at Brushy Mountain, which I still need to go up and see Brushy Mountain. I I would encourage anybody to because they got a great little museum up there now with a restaurant and i think a distillery which i believe we, you're right i've we heard we had about to that Stay away from but right i've heard it's a it's a really good trip but it was it was just a brutal prison and they had uh that was where james earl ray was held so there's been some high profile prisoners up there but anyways, yeah they transferred him yeah, you know, he was a young man, but they transferred him to the Morgan County Correctional Complex, and in 2013, at age 48, he was found dead in a cell. And the report said that he had, a couple of days prior, beaten up a pregnant prison guard. That's not very nice. Oh Lord! But after that th- the report said that he died because he was taking too many depression medicines but you got to wonder how how would that even happen if the medication is regulated you know by the by the prison what they actually think happened is that the guards beat the hell out of him beat him to death and uh, which would make sense after beating up a pregnant prison guard why they would do that? So right, and uh, for our listeners
1: that are well versed in Tennessee history and Tennessee political history, it's no secret that the correctional system within the great state of Tennessee has been in trouble many times uh, over the years, especially the last century, with some of the conditions and and going zones in them. Not saying anything about about the current state of them, but just historically, that's been the fact.
0: Right. And Burke's daughter, you know, the senator who had been shot, she said she wished he would have lived because he kind of got off easy by dying. Mm, That's right. Anyways, it's just a story that I think most people our age have never even heard of. And then somehow the Nashville scene had looped around to say that Looper, no pun intended, was a Trump-like figure in a pre-Trump environment. I don't really agree with that comparison. But yeah, pretty pretty crazy story out of Putnam County.
1: That yeah, that sounds like a bit of a stretch to me even for that particular publication, but I I would say that most people do not have any idea about the crazy things that went on in Tennessee politics and this is One of our main purposes of this podcast is to tell these amazing and fascinating and uh, a lot of times utterly shocking stories about things that have happened in our state. And even for people like us who know a fair bit about Tennessee political history, for us to still have no idea about this. I mean, it's just amazing, really.
0: Yeah. And there was also an issue with getting him off of the ballot. Believe it or not, he still got a thousand votes. They weren't able to get him off the ballot after he shot Burks. So they put his widow, up, Charlotte, Burks, who was a state senator up until 2014 and had a pretty good reputation, it seems like. But she was the first successful write-in candidate because, of course, she wasn't able to get on the ballot before her husband was killed. But that's a, kind of a cool part of the story is that she was able to be a woman state senator in an area that probably didn't think like that at the time. That's it, really
1: fascinating. And it, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because I've had, well, the people of Tennessee have experienced something like that in the last couple of years in the Shelby County area because there was a longtime, dearly beloved state rep, Ron Lawler who actually managed to, uh, well, he had passed away just after the primary and before the general election. And he won by, I forget what the margin was, but it was an extreme margin. And I personally voted in that particular state representative election uh, and got to cast my vote for the recently deceased representative Lawler. So So what you're saying is
0: people were voting for a dead man.
1: That's precisely what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, I did as well.
0: God rest his soul, but that's pretty
1: interesting. And that was only a couple of years ago. So it's it's funny how that works out sometimes with the election laws.
0: And there's also another theme in this story about people going into rural areas and thinking it's going to be easy to win a seat because they assume that people are stupid. And we actually saw that with Grant Sterrett when he ran against Congressman Desjardins, which is a bit of a controversial figure, but I promise you he's better than Sterrett. Sterrett had moved from California to Murfreesboro, and he thought, ah, Desjardins is a hick. He, you know, he had had some abortion scandals. He made his mistress get an abortion. Mercy. (laughs) <laughs> which is a little questionable. But anyway, Sterrett came in, young guy, went to Vandy Law, so he thought he was real bright. And one of his biggest campaign issues was food stamps. He kind of disingenuously said that that Desjardis had voted for food stamps even though he had just voted on the budget. It was it was a kind of a pork part of the bill. But what he didn't realize is that district had like the highest percentage of people on food stamps in the country so even though those people were conservative <laughs> republicans they didn't want to lose their food stamps and it was a pretty good display of his arrogance and a lack of preparation i don't i don't particularly like him and i hope that's one well i couldn't thing. tell uh that's one of those guys that you hope can stay out of tennessee politics which i think that's already happened i think he's dead in the water i I actually worked on his campaign for a couple weeks and because it it can't remember uh one of my friends had put me on it and one day i just up and left never never came back i remember that yeah so it's uh you got to watch out for those people man there's There's a lot of people who are are good at marketing and they have pretty good consultants, but they're just full of it.
1: Well, that's one thing that I tip my hat to the rural people of Tennessee to. They can usually sniff those people out as quick as a Tennessee hound dog can sniff out. So I I really appreciate that. And uh, everybody knows I'm from Dyer County and, I grew up in uh, Tennessee State House District 77 that's the 8th congressional district a very rural area probably one of the more rural areas in the state and uh, you you can it's hard to get get something over on good hard working country folk
0: right all right Duncan well that was a pretty good story we'll keep uh, looking around for more of those i've been saying this for weeks but we need to have people on who actually experienced some of the stuff to talk, but you and I've been pretty busy, so we'll we'll get around to that. But anyways, you tell Gunner, your brother, that he better get it in line.
1: <laughs> well, I definitely will. He's uh he's a lot different from you and I and, you know, he's one of these new age kids with their TikToks and all their fangled games and all this stuff. But he's he's actually a pretty good boy. He just sometimes, you know, the teenager gets out in him.
0: are you are you on tiktok
1: well believe it or not i do have me a tiktok i like that (laughs) thing you know as sometimes that stuff's just plain funny and i'm on one channel on there and they just post a bunch of old elvis videos on there and i absolutely love it (laughs) but i would highly recommend it i can't remember what it's called it's elvis channel or elvis official something like that shout out to them but anyway yeah we will get some of these folks on here and I'm really excited because in a couple of weeks, I've got a friend of mine from Nashville coming down, an up-and-comer in the, the country music business, Jody Silvers, who is a very big proponent of the old classic country like you and I listen to and have for so many years. And So I'm excited to get to spend some time with him, and maybe I can even sweet-talk him into coming on next time. Well, that sounds good. All right, brother. Well, you have a good one, and take good care, and god bless all the fine folks of tennessee I love-